I know we got some visitors in today, first timers or folks that haven't been in a little bit. Uh, my name is Casey, I'm one of the pastors uh, serving alongside you guys. I, I would like to, before we get into the message, have a time of offering. I want to play for, pray for that and play for that. Um, and uh, I am definitely uh, getting older because I was outside playing some football with some of you guys and I'm sore. I need oxygen. So. So I'm going to pray to no, pray first for the offering. Let me take a physical break for a second, and uh, and we'll get. You know, I'm totally kidding, sort of. But um, let me let's pray for that real quick, if you don't mind. God, we just love you and thank you for the uh, the opportunity to offer to you what is already yours. Um, it, it's a, it's a strange thing to to think of this as something we're giving to you because it's not. It is something we're worshiping you with and. And we, uh, we love you for that, that you don't demand it all back. It is all yours to begin with, and you allow us to keep almost all of it. And uh, Lord, we just ask that you take this offering, you bless it, you multiply it, use it for your kingdom purposes, and, uh, and guide us with your Holy Spirit and how to spend it. Uh, we love you, Father. In your son Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. 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 Well, it is good to be here this, this morning as we are... Starting to give and starting this uh, process. Hi, guys. Oh, so many people haven't seen it in a while. It's going to get all clipped. Um, but it is good to see everybody. Um, I want to share with you this whole idea of Mrs. Jesus, if this is a fairly new concept for you or if it's something that, that you've kind of heard for the last. We're going to be wrapping up this series next week. So far, I've heard nothing but this has been a challenge for some in a good way, right? Uh, it has created quite of a stir for, for some people to hear the concept or hear the name Mrs. Jesus. They drive past the sign, I get an email, what's this about, right? Uh, I'm sitting, uh, sitting in a group of pastors, and, and I have one of the pastors that, uh, that, that's talking to me. He said, all right, dude, come on, man, sit me straight. What's this Mrs. Jesus thing about? And when I explained to him that it's about being the bride of Christ as described in Scripture, that the, the groom is coming back for his bride, which is what Revelation is all about, it makes sense, right? Like, it's like, okay, got it, because we are described the church believers, collective believers, as a, uh, in, in Scripture, a royal priesthood, a body, uh, several different things, and then and we're described as the bride of Christ, right? And so when we talk about Mrs. Jesus, it did kind of upset some folks, which I'm not really opposed to. I kind of like that. Because <laughs> I'm a little bit combative, man. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool, you know. But, but it's, like, it's like I love a little bit of, of conflict and some pressure because I know what's coming on the other side. Uh, like there's a deeper understanding of our role and who we are as a, as a church and what we're supposed to, to be and why we're supposed to be doing this. And, and this week's message, um, I was telling my wife, Judy, who's if you're, if you're new and want to fill out a connect card, we have some in the connect center for you. Um, and if you want to connect with Judy back in the back, um, just, just give us your name, your information, your social security, credit card information. Uh, no, but uh, but we'd love to love to be able to connect with you this week. We've had some powerful connections with some new people recently, and I've, I've been enjoying that a bunch. Uh, but one of the things I, I I told told my wife this week, I said I I after Thursday night service, I said I think this might be my favorite of the of the messages of the series. I don't know if you'll share that with me or not, but it's something that speaks to me um, about about who Jesus really is, and. And one of the things that I am passionate about is helping people understand the real Jesus, not the, 
blonde-haired, blue-eyed, uh, British accent uh, that you see in some movies type things. Uh, not the one, it, you know, if, if you ever look at old films about Jesus, you'll see, uh, like, that's that silent films, and it's the guy that's glowing. It, you know, they, they, they literally put the guy glowing in there. Like, it's, like, he had nothing like that at all. One of the things I love about Jesus is it's described, uh, he is described as, in, in I, the book of Isaiah, that there's nothing attractive about him. There's nothing special physically that would draw attention to him. He was a normal looking guy, probably didn't have long hair, probably had short hair, was a construction worker. He uh, was a, uh, and is a, a just a, a, someone that, that people related to. He wasn't anything outstanding uh, other than being God, of course, but as far as his physical nature and physical uh, appearance, nothing that would stand out for him, right? And I, I think when people approach Jesus, they have this idea of what he looks like in art and the movies, and he's nothing like that. And so, because he, he's not probably doing this a lot, and he's probably doing different, like it's, it, it's this idea of, like he's very, very approachable, and he's very much uh, wants to be with us. And, I, and I'm, I'm surprised by that a lot. The more I read scripture and the more I find out about who he really is, the more I am surprised by who he is. A couple of years ago, I got really shocked in Revelation 3. You know, again, Jesus is coming back for his bride. And uh, at this time, he's, in, he's like judging the churches. And he literally said to one of the churches, I will vomit you out of my mouth because you're neither hot nor cold. And I don't want to be that kind of church, right? But the easy thing for me to preach on is like, we don't want to be chunks in his vomit, right? That would be the easy thing to preach because people are like, I remember that guy. He was talking about vomit and stuff, right? Well, the thing that's amazing to me is that he said, but after he says that, I will vomit you out of my mouth, but anyone who answers the door, I will stand and knock. If you open it, I will come in and eat with you. I thought that was interesting. He wants to do something. He just wants to be with it. He don't want to do anything like this big, you know, uh, hey, this is your laundry list of accusations that I have against you. And because of my shed blood, I'm going to share none of that. He said, I want to come in and eat with you. And then he says something even more ridiculous. He says, uh, to that person, I will sit them on my throne with me. Now, this gets... Now, you think about who Jesus is, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end, the one who is God, who comes to, the, to, comes to earth in the form of, of the flesh and makes his dwelling among us. He is the living word who walked around as a dude, right? And I'm, and I'm fascinated by that. And yet people, for some reason, were able to approach him, even little children, were able to approach him, and they loved him, and they were able to relate to him in a lot of ways. And I love introducing people to that Jesus, not the traditional or denominational or the one that's, that's glorified in movies and things like that. It's this unapproachable being. He actually wants to be with us. Amen? And I am fascinated by that more and more and more. That, and and I'm, not, I'm not trying to take away from his deity because he is God, absolutely. But at the same time, he wants to be with us, and he wants, he, and, and we are, we are, commanded to, if we are in him and he is in us, commanded to go boldly before him. So it's fascinating. It's absolutely stunning. One of the things, too, that I, that I really want to help us understand, and we got to watch our language when it comes to approaching the word of God, because I want us to be really understanding that these things in scripture are not stories with characters. 
You ever heard anybody say, who's your favorite character in the Bible? You ever hear anybody say that? Like, and they don't mean anything by it. I don't know if it's necessarily a sin, but what it does, it kind of creates this idea that there are characters like it's a play or it's characters like it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a novel that, that we get to read. It's, it, but these are accounts of history. And notice we never say anything like, who's your favorite character in the Civil War? You remember that story about the Gettysburg Address? You never hear anybody say that, do we? Because these are accounts of history. And so what we're reading in Scripture are accounts of history. Amen? And I want us to approach it that way because we want to see Jesus as the real guy. That's one of the reasons why I love that, that Kid City doesn't have the Noah's Ark with a cartoon with a happy giraffe sticking his head out the window and things like that because these are real things that really happened. And we're reading them still about what, what went on. And I love that about that. And so, so the whole idea of these people that lived a couple of thousand years ago that we're learning still about today in the early church, they lived at a time where when somebody wanted to get married, what the guy would do, he would go to a lady and he would give her a cup of wine and he would say, will you marry me? And if she said yes, the, the evidence of that, yes, I accept your proposal is she would drink that cup of wine. And what he would do, he would go then to his father's house He would build a room for his wife and his dad's house. His dad would say when the room was ready and when the room was ready, that groom-to-be would go and get his bride and the bride was always prepared. Exactly right. So he may come in the middle of the night. He may never know when he's going to come back, right? And so... Like those are the that's the cycle of what it, what somebody who's trying to marry someone that was what they did and so in John fourteen when Jesus said in my Father's house are many rooms I must go and prepare a place for you this is marriage language at the Last Supper he says do this in remembrance of of me right and then this this represents my blood that's a covenant right a, a marriage proposal if you will and so we miss that and when we see that that Jesus is the groom and the bride is 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 the church that misses Jesus we'll start looking at scripture in a whole different way it's absolutely beautifully stunningly and amazing right and in revelation 19 this is where the this kind of came out about us being prepared for the groom to come back revelation 19 it says, let us be glad. This is, keep in mind, Revelation is all about the groom coming back for his, for his bride. Rejoice and give him glory because the marriage of the lamb has come and his wife has prepared herself. So the, the word for 2020 is prepare, not pre- preparation because everybody thinks about preparation age and it just gets weird, right? And what we want to do is we want to do several things. I want to review what we've talked about and then, and then talk about a, a, an incredible account of history. And what we've done is so far is, is we've learned how to, to love one another. And I was talking to some folks in between the services outside, and they said, you know, this is one of those concepts I never saw that we're supposed to take care of each other first. There's this... There's this cultural expectation that the church should go take care of the community first right but but really biblically we're supposed to take care of each other first and love one another first and help one another first and then we're supposed to learn to sharpen one another that was one of my one of my favorite things to say to people is is hey a a true friend stabs you in the front 
right? Like it helps you. Like you got to, like sharpening somebody, helping somebody grow, helping somebody, challenging folks, either they're needing to learn or in sin or anything like that. And then we talked about what it means to be a unified body of believers, because ultimately what glorifies God is that we are of the same mind, same heart, and we love, like love each other and are unified in this. And then last week, we turned our attention to the unbeliever, like outside the church. What does that look like to love the unbeliever, and, and we know that to love somebody truly we, is to see them actually saved. We, like if you, don't, if, you, if you love somebody, you're going to want them to, to know Jesus. And this week, we're going to talk about helping the unbeliever. How do we help an unbeliever? What does it look like? Because again, the cultural expectation is that we go and we pay gas bills, and we go and we do the soup kitchen thing, and we go and we feed the homeless, and none of those things are necessarily wrong unless they're not guided by the Holy Spirit. They're guided by the cultural expectations of what a church is supposed to be, right? That's the difference. There's nothing at all wrong with the Salvation Army and us going and doing different things. There's nothing at all wrong with any of organizations at all unless we're not guided by the Holy Spirit. We're guided by guilt or an obligation because we're supposed to do it because we're Christian. Like that, that's where the Holy Spirit has to guide us. And I will tell you, 2,000 years ago, the Holy Spirit guided the early church in amazing and incredible and beautiful ways. One of the things that, one of the reasons why the early church expanded so much, so quickly, why 3,000 people would be Uh, gathered in one day is because the early church went to those that everybody else neglected. For example, early Roman Empire, the plagues would hit, and everybody that used to say, hey, we know what's best for you, like the religious scholars and the politicians and the medical professionals and uh, even those professors and things like that, like when people got sick and it became this, oh no, we got to, they all left town. Except for this ragtag group of people that called themselves Christians or really what they called themselves was little Christs is what they were referred to as. And, I, and, and they would go into these places and care for those folks. And I've heard people say, we should share the gospel with our actions and if you need to use words, I am telling you, we use words because it's going to come up if we do this right. Because ultimately what would happen is they would go into these places, they would care for these folks, and when asked why, they wouldn't go, oh, well, because it's the right thing to do. They would say, because of Jesus. Amen? And then they go, who's this Jesus? Let me introduce you to the real guy. And they would do that, and it spread like crazy because we would do things that nobody else would do. And this is why we have to be guided by the Holy Spirit. But to truly help an unbeliever, we must have a a passionate desire to introduce unbelievers to the real Jesus. Like not the traditional, not the not the, 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 the cinematic one, not the one that's in art necessarily, but, but the real guy who really lived and really related to people. I, I've got, I, I think like this. I wonder what it was like for Jesus to be with his, his 12 disciples sitting around a fire, you know, because you, you think about all the different personalities and dynamics that we've We've got, right? We've got uh, uh, Simon, who's a political zealot, wanting to overthrow the government. And then you've got um, 
uh, Matthew, who's a government thug, collecting taxes from people and, and breaking kneecaps and stuff. I mean, you think there might be a problem between these two guys, right? Well, the, well there's, a, there's, a, there's just something about the, re, the way Jesus was able to, to help these guys. And imagine they probably had to break up some fights, right? But I also imagine because they kept coming back, kept being with Jesus, kept following him, that they had some moments that were, were probably pretty fun. Like, I, 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 I know this is weird, but I think like this, and I think about Jesus and his disciples pulling each other's fingers, right? Because they're dudes. That's what you do. Am I wrong? There were real people who really lived. Guys, we got to be understanding. They probably told jokes. They probably had practical jokes. He's like, hey, Peter, but hey, right? Like, you never know. These are people that really lived. And nobody's going to hang out with some stuffy religious dude unless he's with his guys. And he does things with his, with his guys. These are, I mean, I think like this. I think about what it was like to walk together without this stuffy thing. Because keep in mind, the, the religious people are the ones that wanted Jesus to stay, or that wanted the children to stay away from Jesus. Children would come up to Jesus naturally because they love Jesus, right? They wanted to be with him, and they're like, hey, we got to be more like these guys. Don't shoo them away, right? It's a beautiful, amazing thing. But we will know the real Jesus by understanding God's word. And notice I didn't say reading God's word. You have to read it to understand it, no doubt about it. But just to read it is not what is going to help us to understand the real Jesus, applying it and, and, and developing the understanding. And the way we develop understanding is, is through obedience, right? We understand God's word by reading and studying God's word and responding to him in obedience. Five minutes of obedience will, will do more for your understanding of Jesus and more for our understanding of his Holy Spirit and more for understanding of who God really is than a lifetime of simply studying. Like, like, step into obedience and see what happens. It is wild when you start getting this development of, of what it means. And I love that, right? And so what we're going to do is we're going to look at a, 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 an account. Notice I didn't say story. But an account that, that actually happened with real people. And I'm going to share with one of my favorite accounts of Scripture but it's these guys because there are some heroes in here and there's some unsung heroes in here, right? Notice the hero is always going to be Jesus in every story. Accounts. Amen? See, I even said it by accident. The hero is always going to be Jesus. It will always be. But there are people that are unsung heroes a lot of times that I can't wait to meet when I see them face to face. Listen to this. Luke 5, starting in verse 17, says, one of, On one of those days, as he was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was on him, Jesus, to heal. And behold, some men were bringing on a bed a man who was paralyzed and they were seeking to bring him in and lay him before Jesus, but finding no way to bring him in because of the crowd. Listen to this. They went up on the roof and led him down with his bed through the tiles in the midst 
before Jesus. Now, now just set the scene here for a second. Because I think the unsung heroes of this passage are the dudes that brought this guy, that actually helped him. Now, you imagine the, the scene. Like, like there is a, a paralyzed friend of these guys. In, in that culture of the day, if you were in a, 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 a paralysis or sickness or leprosy, the idea was that, oh, you must have sinned, or maybe your parents must have done something that caused this pain before God, right? And so they were essentially carrying somebody who was socially unacceptable to be around, and they loved him enough to bring him before the real Jesus. And so they're carrying him on this bed. I imagine probably at least four, and people think of like a mattress, like a Sealy Posturepedic. It was probably more like a a mat of some kind, and they, I imagine they have probably had four corners, and they're carrying him through town, right? And let's, let's say his name is Jack. Is that cool? Jack cool? All right. Jack, quit yakking, man. We're going to carry you. Where are you taking me? Don't worry about it, Jack. We're going to take you to somebody. You really need to meet this guy, right? This is what they're doing there. You really got to meet him, man. Don't worry about it. Hey, pull my finger, bro. No, you can't. Okay. These are real people. People are like, how dare you say that? These are real people that really lived. They really did humor, and they laughed, and they did some things. And they helped one another, right? Hey, Jack, come on, man. Come on, Jack. What are you doing? Man, quit yakking. Don't worry about where we're taking it. Okay, they get to the place. We're almost there, man. Jesus is going to be, you're going to love this guy, man. He's awesome. I met him last week. You wouldn't believe him, man. And I, as soon as I met him, I said, I got to get Jack over there because he can heal you, man. And, and they get up to the door and they go, it's crowded. And rather than saying, sorry, Jack, maybe next time. Sorry, Jack. Man, it's too much. We, we got, I guess we got here late, man. And it's kind of slow to drag you through town like this. And maybe if we'd have started earlier. Maybe next time, though, I... We'll find out where he is. We'll try to get you in next, next time. You know what they did? They said, oh, no, we're going to get to Jesus. We're going to climb on somebody's roof we don't know, and we're going to tear their roof open. Imagine. They're sitting in there, religious scholars, some, and others are in this house, and they're listening to Jesus' teaching, and they're they're seeing some healing going on because the power of the Holy Spirit's on him to heal. And then all of a sudden there's this ta, 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 piece of tile falls on the floor. And dust's falling and pitch and everything. All of a sudden they see a rail like. Whoosh. Now I'm thinking, now this is how I think. I'm thinking, well, I wonder what the homeowner is thinking about this. Like somebody better get my nine. I'm about to bust somebody for busting in my house, right? I better call State Farm because I got a roof leak now. Like, that's, that's the stuff I think about. Like, like what were people thinking on the way out as they were tear, carrying this guy through town and then pulling him up on top of this roof? What were they thinking? Somebody called 911. This is crazy. What are they doing? And then listen to what, what actually happened. And when he saw their faith, he said, man, your sins forgiven you now keep in mind these guys were probably still dripping sweat through the opening of this roof 
looking down at their friend in the midst of Jesus. And Jesus, rather than going, get up and walk, which they had seen him do, they see, he says, your sins are forgiven. They're probably looking at each other like, we dragged him up here for that? Think about it. Because they brought him up there for a physical healing. Jesus said, your sins are forgiven. They're like, sorry about that, Jack. My bad. (laughs) I know you didn't want to get up on his roof, but we figured, eh, if you broke your neck, it wouldn't be that big a deal. Sorry about what we brought you, but the, the religious people that were in there were furious about what Jesus just said. It really meant something great. Like, listen to what they said. The scribes and the Pharisees began to question, saying, who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? And when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered them. Now, one of the things I love about Jesus, he's a construction worker. He's a man's man. He loves to protect, and, and he's our, our, like a huge fan of us. Like, like those that know him, he wants, us to, wants just to be with us and everything. And I love the fact that he's the alpha, the omega, the beginning and the end, the creator of absolutely everything we see, no doubt about it. But I love him for his mind. Because he's in the middle of people that are scholars, and he asks them questions that blow their mind. Listen to what he says. Why do you question in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven? Or to say, rise and walk? I would say a lot of scholars of the day probably said, you know, it's probably easier to say your sins are forgiven. But to actually say to rise and walk to a paralytic who, who everybody said you're cursed because of some sin or something you did or something your parents did, were blown away by Jesus. And this is what he said. Is it easier to say your sins are forgiven you or to say rise and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed, and go home. And immediately you rose up before them and picked up what he had been lying on and went home, glorifying God. And amazement seized them and all and amazement seized them all, and they glorified God and were filled with awe, saying, We have seen extraordinary things today. And everybody said, come on, man. Like, wow, beautiful, amazing. Think about that they, these guys, four, maybe more, loved their friend enough to introduce them to the real Jesus and help him get there. Went above and beyond, guided by this desire. So you got to meet this guy, right? And so for us, can we learn from those guys what can we learn to 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 actually carry somebody like that and introduce them to the real jesus who is our protector from bullies who steps in front of those who accuse and say you're not worthy who steps in in fact 
so desires to be with us and pays such a price for you and me to be able to be with him that, that he just, in all of that, yeah, he says, if you love me, you'll be obedient, but he wants to be with us. Amazing. That's the real Jesus. It's incredible to see him actually do those things. See, helping an unbeliever is an action. We can pray, right? We can grab hold of the sides of their bed and carry them to Jesus. Or we can give them a ride or we can go to them and guided by his Holy Spirit, do all kinds of things that, that, that help somebody. But ultimately, no matter what we do for an unbeliever, the goal is to help them understand who Jesus really is. Amen? Amazing. Stunning. And when we do, when Jesus is no longer just a famous person, when Jesus is no longer the glowing guy in those early films, when he's not the blonde-haired, blue-eyed, Fabio-looking guy on in front of a novel, when he's the guy that wants to eat with you, when he's the guy that wants to you to be with him, and if we don't know him yet, he wants us to know, like, he's that guy, relatable, approachable, absolutely God in the flesh, absolutely who came down, absolutely the creator of everything we see, the alpha, the omega, the one who created, like, the entire, you know, absolutely that, and still wants to come in and have a cheeseburger. Amazing. Amazing. And so next week, we're going to wrap up the series about what it means to be the bride of Christ. But we're going to help to sharpen and unify the unbeliever. Because we got to be okay with introducing people to the real Jesus, helping people get there, loving the unbeliever enough, and in really living the life that Jesus wants us to live and still be rejected. We've got to be okay with that. Jesus is the one who said, because of me, if you're persecuted, if you're slandered, if you're falsely, this, all those kinds of things, you are blessed because of me. Rejoice and be glad. We're going to learn that next week. Amen. We're also going to be introducing a new series, which those of you that really like going into deeply into Scripture and things are going to enjoy. It's uh, actually going to, so for several or a few months, we're going to be going through the book of Mark together. Not Mark C. Wilson, but... <laughs> oh, Mark C. Wilson, though, actually teaches here on Wednesday night, going through still the book of John? Is that right? Chapter 20, yeah. And so, like, we're going to be going through that together. So those of you that love that kind of stuff are going to enjoy that, right? But one of the things we do as far as our teaching, we do it in rhythms. We do a, a get them, which is really kind of helping people introduce themselves to, to the Lord. Then we get a keep them, which is what this series basically is. And then we got to teach them, which we're going to do the next next series. And so something that, that really relates to folks, depending on where you walk and your wiring by the way God has given you. Amen? I love that. Father, we love you. And thank you for...
man, like highlighting for us what it means to prepare as your bride, as, 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 as those that are waiting for your return. You've said it, and, and you have said you are coming back, and you have gone to prepare a place, and you've used this wedding language, and we've taken communion with you, and we have accepted that proposal. And Lord, may we just learn what it means to prepare for your return. May we not grow weary, and may we not listen to those who say, where is the groom? Where has he got it? He's supposed to be back. May we just be ready, no matter when, and trust that you are who you say you are, because you are. And Father, we ask these things, and we pray these things to you, the Father, by, the, by your Son, the Groom, in the power of your Holy Spirit. Everybody in the house said, amen. Thank you for joining us today and thank you for supporting New City's ministry. If this inspired you and you want to partner with New City, you can give now by clicking in the link in the description or visit newcitychurch.com slash podcast for more information. Love you and have a great day.